This episode is sponsored by Peak Sales Recruiting. If you're trying to find your next top performer and you know you're just wasting time digging through bad resumes, then visit peaksalesrecruiting.com slash Ian to learn how they can help. Hey, it's Ian Altman. I'm here with my good friend, Bob London of Chief Listening Officers. And for any of you who have been listening to the program for a while, you know that Bob is a recurring guest. Um, Some would say because he's absolutely brilliant when it comes to marketing what you should do. Other people think it's because I couldn't find another guest that week. Um, you'll be the judge as to which one it is. So, Bob, welcome with that with that lovely intro. Welcome to the show. Can you see which finger I'm holding up? <laughs> That's um, right. Thankfully, it's only an audio podcast. Right, exactly. Thank you. Look, regardless of what you say, I'm thrilled to be here and, and will always take advantage of it no matter what caused the invitation to occur. Um, I did see that there was, uh, you know, someone hightailing it out of here who looked like they had just uh, canceled with you. So <laughs> I, then I got the call. Right, Bob, can you be here in 10 minutes? Luckily, I live 10 minutes away. <laughs> worked out great. Here we are. So one of the things that, that Bob and I like to look at is over a period of time is just stupid marketing stuff that people do that somebody somewhere thought was a good idea that actually doesn't build trust but instead repels your customers. And... So hopefully by highlighting some of these mistakes that other people are making, we can make sure that you don't make the same stupid mistakes. And in the past, you know, Bob and I have tried to be very subtle because sometimes these marketing automation companies will do this and we don't want to specify them by name because then the people at Marketo might be upset when we do that. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so, so Bob, give me some of the examples that you've seen that just make you cringe and why. Well, first of all, you – you, you know, you misjudge me, Ian. I am not very negative. I'm not always negative about marketing. So I actually came with sort of a one of these like, do you want the good news first or the bad news first? So, so the bad news would be more examples of what we've talked about in the past. And sadly, there are plenty of those. I guess one thing I'd say is, and and I know I've you know you and I have actually read emails out loud on this podcast before to give examples of what not to do. I think at one point I read an entire full page print ad from a law firm. But I would say that there, there are a couple broad issues that I would describe. One is – so I think we can all agree that marketing, uh, you know, whether you think about it as storytelling or problem solving or whatever and sales, that there, there's a level of humanity that's involved. There's a human-to-human aspect, which is something that I preach and, and it works really well when you actually talk to humans about their problems. Sure. Having said that, marketing is going in a bit of a different direction. Marketing is all about, over the last five years, automation. So using, you know, basically using software to spew out emails, whether they're relevant to the recipient or not. You can send out dozens. You can send out thousands. You can send out millions of emails at once. Isn't that great? And you can send out millions of emails no matter how relevant they are to your audience. Well, that's that's the point is when you give someone said, that's why we can't give marketing nice things because they break them. <laughs> they, they take them and they, they abuse the privilege. So automation was one of the first things that happened that people said, wow, we could do all that. We could do – we could send out all those emails and we can personalize them and in that – in that definition, personalization is uh, Dear Ian. Dear your name. Yeah, or F name. <laughs> exactly. Uh, or dear- F name is, is, by the way, and Bob's uh, giving a little bit of a dig because my newsletter about a month ago we sent out and we had an error in our automation. So though we take the time to get people's names, it went to everyone as F name, which I we didn't, then – I didn't know that. My wife calls me F name, so I was very surprised <laughs> to see that that was a mistake. Now, by the way, when that happened – 
the next day we sent an email that said, hey, we had a glitch in our system. But there were three people who actually legally changed their name to F name. <laughs> and if you also change your name to F name, let us know and we'll send you the same gift we sent to them. And actually, the funny part is we had more responses in a positive way to the apology and falling on our sword that we had messed up than we did to the original um, newsletter, which makes me wonder about the value of our newsletter, but that's a whole different thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the theme of this part of the this section one of this podcast was the humanity marketing. So automation is drawing away from the humanity. So great. Okay. So we're aware the humanity is important. What do we do next? We do, we use artificial intelligence in marketing now, right? Which, by the way, I learned a long time ago, artificial intelligence is no substitute for real stupidity. Well, <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm going to say that I know, Mark, I think you just published an article about this, that there are real applications for artificial intelligence. However, as you say, this is where I was leading was, never completely substitute human art, uh, intelligence for artificial intelligence because you'll lose sight of what, what how people think and make decisions and prioritize and what their problems are. Okay, artificial intelligence. Now, what's next? Chatbots. What are chatbots? Chatbots are supposedly 2018, according to some vendors, is the year of the chatbot in marketing. A chatbot is something that you put on your website and it will – smartly interface with your customer or whoever's visiting the website in an intelligent way because it uses artificial intelligence, thus replacing the human element. So I don't like that direction very much. And it'll simulate the first two questions pretty well. Right. Hi, what's your name? Yeah, so so I'll, I'll give you a quick story. I had an issue with my laser printer. And so I, there was, I forget the website, there's some website that says, oh, well, we have a technician available. Mm. Um, why don't you, you – we just have some questions. And I knew enough about and I know enough about technology to see it was a chatbot. And I'm like, well, I'm kind of curious how this goes. So it, it starts with, well, so what piece of equipment is having this issue? And I give them make a model number of the, of the printer. And what's happening? Well, there's a paper jam. And the next question is, what operating system is it running? Right? <laughs> I don't know. Have you tried rebooting it? Right, um, the the laser printer. Have I tried rebooting it? Yeah, I don't know. Um, have you updated the um, to the latest operating system um, for the for the laser printer? Um, yeah, I don't think that. And it's just it got to be where all of a sudden I went from hey they have a resource I can use to I'm never interfacing with this system again in my life, and I'm guessing that wasn't their intended outcome, but. So that gets to the chat bot. So, so, so go on about so, the example with the chat bot. Well, first of all, just to frame this for people, uh, people don't know what the word Luddite means. It's, I forget the origin, but it, the idea is people who are averse to using new technology. That ain't me. Yeah. I'm all over the place. I love it. Um, and I've run my business much more efficiently than I could have without a lot of these technologies. Having said that, again, I think it goes to the abuse of power that marketing and sometimes sales does when – there's a new technology. Let's go all in and let's let's use every feature, whether or not it annoys our customers and prospects. I think you have to use your own judgment. It's very much buyer beware. Chatbot vendors, artificial intelligence companies, marketing automation software companies, they'll all tell you it's the right thing to do, but they're less concerned with how you might abuse it. And if you're concerned about the reaction that people get when they get spammed, which is what they – you think it's an email marketing strategy. They call it spam. Uh, on the other side of the uh, of the of the computer, the internet connection, then you ha- it's very much buyer beware. And and I say this also, so you and I both deal with a lot of CEOs, and I hold them, even if they have a marketing director, 
it's really the CEO is the one who has to be responsible for allocating money to marketing and sales. How much resource, how many people, et cetera, what type of people they're approving those budgets. Don't just go for the latest shiny object technology. You can, and rarely would that work out to be an early adopter of marketing technology in my view, in my experience that the, the thing I'll say is, <laughs> so I saw an ad on a very, um, a very prominent website, B2B website, um, and it said, "Meet, uh, meet Alan. Our the the we're bringing humanity back to marketing, or something, or the first human. Oh, the first feeling marketing bot. It has feelings. <laughs> Couldn't resist that one, especially because I knew I was going to be meeting with you. So I clicked on it, and it went to a page that it was almost a parody of what a chatbot should be. This was, and I have there's a video at chieflisteningofficers.com if anyone wants to see it. I actually screen captured it." It was a circular loop with, is it, what's your name? And I said, Brad, because I don't want anybody to be <laughs> um, Great. What can I help you with? Um, well, I don't know. You, what's, what, what can I learn from you? you know? And I, I wasn't trying to be difficult in the beginning. And it just kept coming back to, uh, uh, you know, well, maybe I'm not understanding you. I'm like, yeah, you're damn right you're not understanding me. <laughs> and then it, would cut, then it would shut me off. Yeah. So in other words, if it started to overload, you've been so, disconnected, but I said, so Brad. I thought to myself, what's the most basic thing. And so it's a marketing agency yeah. is the point. So they're trying to demonstrate the value of a chatbot. So I thought, what's the most basic thing I can ask this chatbot that it can answer. So I said, show, can you show me a list of your clients? Right. And I'm typing this. Yeah. And it said, Oh, you want to become a client? I, I'm not kidding. I mean, yeah. it was just so over the top bad. And I, the, the lesson again is don't, push that out on your website and then advertise it. I mean, they must've spent you know, multiples of $10,000 to, to advertise it when it can't do anything except embarrass you. Why are we doing this? Yeah. And I think that's part of the, part of the challenge is that one of the comments I'll hear from people is, well, but I have to use this level of automation in order to scale. I get that. So, so by the way, but, but here's the challenge. So if the choice is I can send a laser focused message to my ideal clients, and by doing so, I can reach a thousand of them. Or I can take a shotgun approach and erode trust in my brand, but I can hit a hundred thousand. Guess what? Option A is a better choice because B, you look like a bunch of fools. Shotgun is generous. I would call it like a barrel bomb approach. I mean, yeah. it's just devastating. And it's just I want to hit anybody in the world. And it's amazing to me. It's like, you know, I'll get people, telemarketers. And we have a system we use at home called Nomo Robo, oh, yeah. which, which basically suppresses robocallers. And occasionally, something still gets through. And I'll get somebody who calls up. I, can't, and, I know I can't get through to your house. So but, I get but, someone on the list. By the way, and I always think it's funny because it's always somebody who you can tell is in a call center in India. Oh. And calls up <laughs> and says... This is Bob. And I'm like, <laughs> I know your name isn't Bob. So right away, you've eroded trust. Like, if it's someone who gave me a name that's more likely to be in that culture, I would actually believe it. Do, so they, the, do they try and localize? How are those Washington Redskins doing this year? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I mean, so so different things. But it's like, oh, yes, well, someone's going to be in your area next Tuesday. I want to talk to you about home renovation and, and windows and siding. And I'll say, well, you know, I'm always polite at the beginning. Not always at the end, but at the beginning. And I say, you know, I, I appreciate the phone call. You could take me off your list because we just did a major renovation. I have no need for any of these things, but I wish you the best of luck. 
and then they usually have something from their script yeah. about, well, I'm going to be in the area anyhow, and then I'm less nice. <laughs> right. Right? And then I usually say something like, so, Bob, if that is your real <laughs> Quote, name. Because <unquote. laughs> right? I know at that point it's it's just – it's a mess. And I think to myself – Nothing good comes from that, but they must be getting something from where they wouldn't be doing it. Or is it just someone said, well, I mean, give this a shot. So-and-so did it too. And it doesn't work. So so let me kick it back to you, Bob, in terms of different things that you're seeing and on this chat bot, where that went and and maybe some of the examples of what people should be doing. Well, where, where the chat bot thing went was I did a video blog post about it and it was not favorable. And I, I don't – look, does part of me applaud this marketing agency's effort? Uh, for trying, maybe, but I think when someone so so, I would use the word empathy as it, it's it's the perfect word for everything we're talking about. And quite honestly, thinking back over the other podcasts, it's, it's the same thing. You have to understand what it's going to look like from the other person's perspective. So if you have empathy and you go, hmm, someone in that agency says, "How's this going to look and feel to someone outside?" We're pretty proud of it, but how's it going to look outside? Um, well, it's not, someone has to stand up and say, well, it's not going to look good. Uh, it's not going to reflect well on us and our understanding of new technologies in the email uh, blast or the cold call example. It's the same thing for every person, for the one out of 100 people for whom the message is relevant, the 99 that go, huh? Um, it's either mildly annoying or very annoying. And it, and to the point where it reflects on my judgment of that company, and you've heard this expression for decades in marketing and sales. It's a numbers game. The more calls you make, the more emails you send, fine. So then you're going to have to live with – marketing will have to live with the reputational uh, decline of marketing's just a bunch of freaking noise. Yeah, and, and I think it's that element. Someone said to me something that just really resonates in this topic, which is they said – Anytime you're doing some sort of initiative like this, what you have to ask yourself is, how would you feel if you were on the receiving end that's, of this? That's what. I'm, that's beautiful. And and so when do it you happens, want do unto others. Yeah, yeah, when it happens, if you think to yourself, "Yeah, I would hate that," then <laughs> so would your client. And the answer is, don't do it. And it just happens all too often. I had a, and I've got a series of emails in front of me. That are all basically the same stupid template. Let them have it over and over. Let's hear it. And so, so here's here's one, which is, hi Ian, I'm contacting you to see if you're open for discussion about lead generation and appointment setting services for your business. We at, I'm going to omit their name. Um, boo, boo. <laughs> Quinforce. <laughs> Backed with our smart marketing technology and proven prospecting processes, mm. presumably like the one I'm on the receiving end of when I'm getting this email, give you the power to scale your sales team and effectively boost your sales numbers. Um, so I guess it doesn't matter that I'm at capacity. This right. is like because right. this is this is a great way for them to market it. If it makes sense to talk, please let me know the best time, date, and number to reach you. You may also select a date and time that fits your schedule here. So using a, a scheduling tool, which is very smart, and I think a good use of technology. The challenge is that by trying to sell directly to me, they actually hurt themselves. Meaning if they said, you know, we offer lead generation appointment setting services for businesses who struggle to identify leads and get appointments set. And if you know someone who's facing that, right. we might be able to help them. I would have instantly thought, gee, I wonder if anybody I know could use that. Right. But instead, if I feel like I'm being sold to 
by somebody who clearly hasn't done research. I mean, I get emails from people who say, oh, well, let us help you. We have a proven sales system and approach, and and we can help you get better <laughs> results so you're more comfortable in a sales situation. I think to myself, I'm either dealing with somebody who has not visited my website yet or I'm dealing with somebody who has visited the website, doesn't believe in same-side selling, and is truly trying to help. Right. Well, they should have said, you think same-side selling is great. You should try our approach. Yeah. We wrote the book. <laughs> we wrote the and, book on on uh, opposite-side selling, whatever. Exactly. On parallel selling. <laughs> um, so the, so Perpendicular. The, right. so, the, so the funny part in all this is that if you take the time to do a little bit of research, then you won't look like a buffoon. And too often people don't put themselves in their client's shoes. So they don't sit there and say, well, what is it? about these people that I might be able to solve. What is their elevator rant, as Bob would say? What is their elevator rant? Bob from India? <laughs> oh, no, me? Yeah. Bob, you, Bob. <laughs> um, you know, what is their elevator rant? What is it that they would be complaining about that you're good at solving? Right. So instead of saying, here's what I offer, you could say, well, if you struggle with this, if this is frustrating for you, if that's frustrating for you, then we might be able to help. And that's where the whole the whole premise of what you do in chief listening officers becomes so relevant because you're taking the time to find out what message is going to resonate. And amazingly, my clients who focus on those elevator rants or problems for their customers capture people's attention pretty easily. And the ones who don't just sound like noise that we just want to shut up. If making a bad sales hire isn't an option and you're tired of sorting through resumes from unqualified applicants, then speak with the folks at Peak Sales Recruiting. They're not like generic recruiters. They find the right talent you need to drive sales in your unique environment. Your only challenge will be deciding which candidate to hire because you'll probably want to hire them all. Visit PeakSalesRecruiting.com slash Ian to learn more. I was talking recently and writing about this concept of so marketing, and it, this is so ancient, I don't know, it might be from the 1940s. The four P's of marketing is what they te used to teach. Uh, product, place, promotion, and price. Place is, you know, they had to come up with a P word that meant distribution and sales, so that's place, like find people. So in thinking about that and how how brand-centric that is, that that is – that is the four P's from the seller's perspective, from the company's perspective. The three P's that I'm – the three the, – the, the, the approach that, that happens to be P's. The, the thing I'm telling people is you don't need that yet. You need the customer's three P's, pain or problem, mm -hmm. perspective, and priorities. So what's the – when you said, you know, I, I find out what messages work, I can't do that until I get um, people talking about what – what is the world, what are, what problems do they have? What what are their big priorities? What are they? There's another question that I added this year that's been unbelievably fruitful. What do you need to get better at in the next 12 to 24 months? What are you, your organization, your team? What do you need to get better at? That focuses them on the delta between where they need to be and where they are now. And by the way, I'm going to interrupt Bob because I want Bob to share that again. So if you were just kind of an autopilot, um, this is an amazing question that you can ask your customer base, your existing clients, people who decided not to work with you, or even when you're meeting with a potential client. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, Bob, give us that question again because I don't want anyone to miss it. Thank you. It's what do you need to get better at in the next year or two? So you, your team, your organization, 
So that's, that gives you – the answer to that gives you their answer to the delta between where they need to be and where they are today. Now, they may mention something. So if I'm talking to someone on behalf of a web design company that hired me and I'm talking to the client and they say, well, you know, hiring. Go, okay. So that's one – they need to get better at hiring. That may not be directly relevant to the mission I'm on, but it might be. So I go, and I always say there's no such thing as a tangent, right? In other words, if they go off in a direction, it's important to them. You got to listen and you see if you can solve it and or point them in the right direction. And, and the same side selling approach to that is once they say, well, we're struggling with hiring, you just get to say, so tell me more about that. Right, exactly. What, what's going on today? Yep. Well, today we can't do this. We can't do this. We can't do that. Okay. And so when that doesn't happen, how does that impact you and the organization? Right. And now we're getting into – what I call impacts. So and now we've gone from the superficial issue to the impact of here's what happens if they don't solve it and what the consequence is, as opposed to all these people in the marketing world who are sitting there calling you up, emailing you saying, by the way, I don't know anything about your business, but I'm sure we're perfect for each other. Right. And it would be like in the dating world, yes, yes, if on yes. match.com, someone just, you know, someone just posted on their profile and said, by the way, we're perfect for each other. I look forward to being introduced to you. <laughs> like, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous, but people think it's a good idea. You know what? It goes back to that empathy thing that you'd realize in the dating scenario, hopefully how big of a turnoff that was. Somehow in the business setting, we give ourselves permission to do a lot of irrelevant outreach. And I go back to this wall of noise theory that, so take your, the email you read to us a few minutes ago, take that email, multiply it by the three times he or she is contacting you times a hundred vendors that email you times a hundred industries that are doing the same thing. And what's happened is that's every brick, every, every email, every tweet is another brick in the wall of noise. And the, on the other side of that wall of noise is your customer. So you're, we're basically, I think we're, so this was the bad news, good news. So the bad news is we're screwing ourselves over as marketers and sellers by creating too much noise so that the relevant messages can't get through. The good news, which I'm happy to talk about anytime, is that I think that peop, there's, there's more recognition of that wall and how it is getting in the way. And I'm trying to contribute to that recognition, teach well, people. It's an interesting thing because I'll often hear people say, oh, well, you know, it's just harder and harder because people now have spam filters and all sorts of different filtering. They're using tools like Slack so that they can avoid their email. And I always ask the same question. So why do you think organizations are doing that? Right? And the reason why is because we've conditioned people to ignore stuff that comes in via email because it's usually so poorly crafted. And if instead, if we can capture someone's attention and if we can make it easier for them to work with us, that's fantastic. It's, it's just, it's amazing to me when I get things like, Oh, we're the best appointment setters or Hey Ian, are you available for a phone call on Tuesday at 2 PM? Like, by the way, somebody, I guarantee read a book about this in 1974 and they said to their team, Oh, this will be great. Yeah. Just, just so when you fax it to them and they're like, well, what? <laughs> Make sure you use a touchstone phone, not rotary. It's exactly. Faster. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's like, is that where we're at? And it just becomes a total mess in all this in people who are saying, um, so, uh, you know, I, I had one from somebody who said the email is, you know, so-and-so sent you an invitation. Do you want high-end clients from LinkedIn monthly? If yes, join me. I'm about to start a quick training. Log in here. Hurry. We're about to start. 
P.S. I only have seven spots left, first come, first served. Now, I'm going to go on a limb and say that if you're doing an online um, training, that you don't actually only have seven spots left. (laughs) Because unless you're telling me that those seven people are going to take up all the capacity on the Internet, you have more than seven spots. So right now what you've just done is you've created a false sense of urgency – it's obvious to anyone reading it that you're not being truthful. So why would I believe or trust anything else in your message? So, for example, when people get coached to say, oh, when you reach out to someone, say, oh, he's a friend of mine. He'll know who it is. Don't do that because the person on the other end, if you get through to them, now realizes that you lied to get to them. Do you expect them to trust you going forward? It's just Stupid marketing, stupid selling. It's a bad way to do things. So, Bob, you had a good example of something. I want to share that before we wrap up here. So, I will. I want to just give the audience, the listeners to this podcast, a challenge. I want you, if you're listening, those of you listening, to take uh, the link to this podcast and I want you to email it to the one or two vendors that you think could use this the most that are abusing the privilege of marketing and selling. Uh, not doing it on a sort of more sort of relevant permission-based level. I want you to send it to the people that need this advice. So if you're listening, you get it. I mean, anybody who's listening to Ian over these months and years, you probably, you know, you're, you're somewhat of a disciple in a lot of the stuff we're talking about. We need other people to get this message. And I want you to, and by the way, you could tweet it out for all I care, but I think you should target it to a couple vendors in a very constructive way and say, you know what? I, I, you know, these guys really capture the essence of some feedback I have for you. Just send it out. And That's great. The, I love it. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, the, the world has to change. Uh, we're, we're, we're in this big marketing noise bubble, so it's going to have to change and go backwards. All right. So for the other side of the coin, I've, de- I've deliberately paid attention to some things that are happening that I think are going to be awesome. Um, one is what I would call not a new trend, but I think it's really taking shape in a wonderful way what I would call the Amazonification of enterprise software, of B2B software. Not Amazonification in the sense that you can buy it online because a lot of these are cloud-based subscription software as a service. The Amazonification refers to the part of Amazon that has democratized product reviews. Even if you don't buy something at Amazon, you can see the product review. Many of us start our online or offline marketing journey or buying journey by going to Amazon and seeing what the ratings are. I know I do. The Amazonification of software, B2B software, means that if you're looking for marketing automation software, if you're looking for human resources software, if you're looking for cloud management software, anything, um, there are sites that do software reviews. My favorite right now, um, and and I have no financial relationship with this company, is called TrustRadius. TrustRadius not only has taken steps to make sure the reviews are authentic on their site, so they're, they're hosting all these software reviews and fostering. They actually have created a tool set that lets the software companies integrate the reviews into their purchase flow. So if you're a software company, you, you're getting ratings. Uh, let's presume they're good ratings on TrustRadius. You can, you can create on a landing page a feed of those reviews so that the relevant buyers that come to that landing page and prospects will see reviews that are relevant to them. That's kind of the miss. That's been the missing piece of of software reviews. Is yeah, there's just this sort of two dimensional place where there's reviews, but the buyer has to go there. This brings that into the buying process. And I just want to tell you, part of the thing that attracted me to Trust Radius is their uh, 
a sort of tagline. Uh, I think of it as their hashtag is truth sells. That's great. See, I think you'd love that. I yeah, was looking absolutely. forward to it. They sent me a t-shirt uh, because I wrote a blog post about truth sells. And I can't think of a better long-term vision because I don't think it's true today. I can't think of a better long-term vision for what we should all aspire to is that truth sells, even if it costs us a deal this month, even if it costs us uh, you know, a percent in our open rate of our emails, truth sells. It's, it's, playing, it's playing the long game. Here's another. This is a little bit off-center from what we talked about. Did you know that CVS, in its marketing, will no longer be airbrushing and Photoshopping pictures of people? So the reason I think that that's astoundingly interesting and important is because what it says is, so I'll go back to truth sells, reality is more important than an extra layer of fake polish on top of something. So, uh, you know, and I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not commenting on CVS as a company. I'm just saying that I think that's an important indicator of saying reality and truth sells. And people that's- are, because look at millennials, they don't respond to anything fake. And I applaud yeah. them for it. I think I'm a millennial at heart. Um, I, and in the wall street journal yesterday, last thing is there was an article about, uh, the trend towards real people replacing celebrities in marketing. So a lot of them are, you know, companies using the actual founder of the business to promote. And, um, I mean, we've all seen and heard these, these ads as opposed to celebrities, because again, the world has caught on that. Oh, that celebrity really uses, um, OxyClean. I don't know what's, I, I yeah. don't know what the proactive. And, and no, they don't. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and if they do, they probably use, or can afford 10 other things that have helped their acne go away. Yeah. So, but having a real person in it um, that I can, I can kind of imagine that being real and true. That's the future of marketing. The truth sells, reality sells. It's really, the, it's an extension of the reality movement of TV, but that's what people want to see. That's it's brilliant stuff. So, so Bob, just to make sure that people know how to, track you down and, um, and, and learn more about what you're doing. Just uh, tell us the best way for people to find you online. Yes. So if you go to chieflisteningofficers.com, um, there is information about what I do, which is I coach, I teach, and I consult with companies to help improve, to help them close that empathy gap we talked about before, the customer empathy gap help them understand what the world looks like from the customer's and prospect's perspective and address those things in a very meaningful way that results in growth. Um, I would say that if you take that same chief listening officers.com and add slash free, you'll get an ebook that has the entire methodology. And that's, that's just a I'm sort of open source, all the questions that I use, all the things I teach, how to listen, I've open sourced it because that's how important I think this stuff and, is. And, and Bob, just to clarify, chief chief listening slash free. Yes. They get the ebook and how much is it? Anyhow. So <laughs> So it's been suggested that I'm not charging enough, but um, you know, I really want so so I've had a significant amount of great feedback on that and I try not to be immodest. It's just that when you give something away, I think people's expectations go down, and I think that this has just been a big. You know, and I've had several clients use that. It's an incredible resource. We'll link all that up in the show notes. So, Bob London, thanks for sharing your wisdom, helping us see the stupid marketing that's out there and how to avoid it. Right. And I love that message from uh, Trust Radius on Truth Sells. Right. I loved it. Thank you again, Ian. Bob and I always have a blast on these episodes. Do me a favor and just send me an email. With any time you get these stupid marketing things, just put in the subject line, stupid marketing, 
and maybe we'll feature yours on the next episode. Remember, when you're sending out information to clients, always think about where you're adding value to them. And don't think about just using automation as a mechanism to spew garbage, but think about where you can add value to your clients and it'll never feel like spam. Remember, this show gets a direction from you, the listener. If there's a topic you want me to cover or a guest I should have on the show, just drop me a note to ian at ianaltman.com. Have an amazing week, add value, and grow revenue in a way everybody can embrace, even your customer.